Welcome to Podcast on Fire on the Skyhawk and Master of Kung Fu. And now this is business as usual, yet it's not at the same time. This episode and um, episodes to follow came came about based on a fine, fine uh, suggestion by listener and pop historian Jay Lee. And his idea for an episode and maybe a sporadic series uh, were to talk of two movies dealing with the same subject character content and put them up maybe not so much against each other in terms of uh, who's the best but line them up because connecting stuff is fun kids so uh, that's uh, what we have done and it allows us to be a little bit more obscure with our movie choices i suppose it's a great idea in that uh, regard so in what we could dub because it's a it's a name the versus type of um, episodes uh, uh, you know we use the word versus uh, despite not trying to claim uh, a winner uh, th- that's uh, what we're going to do and Jay's idea was to use uh, Wong Fei Hong as the subject and therefore we could talk a Golden Harvest movie featuring the character and a Shaw Brothers movie featuring the character and although we do in a matter of release order we will be talking of from their Golden Harvest side 1974's The Skyhawk starring Sammo Hong not as Wong Fei Hong, and not even as uh, Butcher Wing, I think. Not in this one, that came later. And also starring Quan Ta King as Wong Fei Hong in one of his many appearances as the classic character. And in the second half from 1973, and Shaw Brothers will review and discuss Master of Kung Fu, starring studio veteran Ku Feng as Wong Fei Hong. Yes, one of the studio's uh, chief villains got to play uh, Wong Fei Hong for, as far as I can see, one movie. And then they abandoned uh, him or merely did Wong Fei Hong movies sporadically throughout the 70s. I haven't looked into that, but um, that's something to look into. Anyway, my name is Kenny B. You're with me because I like him. Uh, he likes his action and his enthusiasm. Uh, he is enthusiasm personified. And that is, of course, Phil G of EasternFilmFans.co.uk. Who's the best Wong Fei Hong? <laughs> <laughs> You can't throw that at me right at the start. You, the you can go. Uh, you can go Eddie Peng. You can go Jet Li. You can go Jackie if you like. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. You know. What? I've got to. I'm gonna have to give it to uh, Jet Li actually. All right. I, I thought you were gonna go with Jackie based on uh, yeah, early exposure yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I probably would have done. And don't get me wrong. You know, Junker Master, Junker Master, fine, fine films. But you know, Once Upon a Time in China's. There's something about those films that that stay with. There's an epicness to them as well, um, and I know I know like Jet Li's portrayal of the character as well. Somewhat, I know Jackie. Jackie always does that, you know, a juvenile, you know. But I, I like the grown up, kind of more grown up version of the Jet Li one as well. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jet Li. Do you remember watching uh, the sort of latest one, the Eddie one, Rise of the Legend? Yeah, yeah, and I watched Rise of Legend, and it was good. You know what? I hadn't seen a, a Wong Fo Hong movie for a while, and yeah, obviously Jet Li's synonymous with that um, kind of character anyway. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a it was a good solid movie. I, I enjoyed that. I like um, especially once he got to his second movie as Wong Fei Hong. I don't like him the most, but I think he gets a bad rap. Uh, Vincent Chow as uh, Wong Fei Hong because mm. his first outing in Once Upon a Time in China for a little ro- ropey, but the movie was uneven then i thought five was a hell of a lot of fun with uh, essentially like uh, gun fu and pirates (laughs) it was very 
yeah. removed from the serious statements of the Choi Hak movies, uh, that uh, the first three Choi Hak movies. But I thought it was a lot of fun, and um, and he he was comfortable in that role and um, all of that. So yeah, and and he did the TV series. He's done a couple of new movies where Wong Fei Hong and other legends legends come together like Avengers style or something like that. Uh, uh, that might be fun. I haven't, I haven't seen it. So League is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Unity of Heroes or something of Heroes. Oh, so. Unity of Heroes, that one. Yeah, I'm getting mixed. I get the two mixed up. Those two come out about the same time. But the, yeah, the, it, indeed, it indeed is that way. We're getting uh, Wong Fei Hong sort of um, overload currently. So, uh, But uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Uh, this is uh, one of the versus episodes. I suppose uh, that'll be a neat way for people to recognize what we're doing, despite us not crowning a winner at the end of it necessarily. That's not the uh, point, really. Uh, you can, if you like. You can, if you want to compare but it's not our task we don't have that pressure on us phil so um that's uh that, that's uh but but if you choose uh, if you choose like uh, ku feng over quanta hing that means uh, you like to bully old people <laughs> fair enough that's on me then <laughs> well we'll find out then won't we an elder versus uh, the 40 plus um performer that's that was it. ku feng like uh you, you, yeah. can, you can choose if you like but anyway we'll get into it this is podcast on fire on the podcast on fire network this show covers hong kong movies uh, new and old we do uh, a couple of series at points talk of specific actors like george lamb and jackie chan and ikin cheng and now we have um, a versus run of episodes um, i'm not sure if i'm gonna tag them specifically on the website for you to find them and under what name so please suggest if uh, if you want to find these versus episodes uh, quickly how what what should i name the category that you click on on the website if it's merely going to be versus or you know help me uh, uh, conceptualize um, sort of a name there but regardless the entire back catalog of uh, hong kong cinema Shows are available on podcastonfire.com in the form of Podcast on Fire, but we also do shows on Korean cinema, on Japanese cinema, on sleazy cinema, on Taiwanese cookie cinema, akin to Fantasy Mission Force, and uh, we um, in the future we might uh, go back to the likes of uh, the Jimmy Wang Yu movie. Well, we have, actually. We have done Master of the Flying Guillotine, that crazy Jimmy Wang Yu movie, so that, that Taiwanese uh, crazy cinema style uh, is something we quite like exploring but we have explored serious movies as well on taiwan noir but uh, regardless on our site you find the backlog of all our shows if you have any questions or feedback uh, related to this episode if you've seen the skyhawk if you've seen the master of kung fu or what is your favorite uh, wong fei hong favorite actor who portrayed wong fei hong let us know podcast on fire at googlemail.com i'm sure we can open up a discussion thread on facebook as well in our discussion group that's called podcast on fire network you're welcome to join so um enjoy uh, you can also jo- uh, click the facebook button at the top of our page our website to reach our page on facebook and leave a like and support that would be very lovely if you do so you can follow our tweets over at uh, at podcast on fire i write about a variety of hong kong and taiwanese movies mostly on my site so goodreviews.com sleazykvideo.com will contain video reviews in the future but uh, the the category free ones that don't feature nudity mind you but they're still sexually suggestive i need to stop doing those because even the site that allowed for you to tag them with sexually suggestive they just deleted my channel 
a while back. So uh, no, Gun. yeah, I don't know. It, it's not worth it, really. They're, they're not big productions. And no, such, it's so, uh, difficult. I don't know. You know, I'm going to write about them, of course, but uh, the, the video portions will be uh, devoted to the Taiwanese stuff and, you know, the, uh, the IFD Ninja stuff, if I still have uh, things to review out of that catalog and so forth. SleazyKVideo.com, regardless, is uh, my video hub. And I tweet over at that, so good reviews. And please uh, leave a um, leave a uh, review and uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that would be very lovely. That's where you'll find us. You can also stream us on Stitcher Radio and also by now Spotify. Phil, uh, EasternFilmFans.co.uk. Uh, did you ever review these movies on your site, or these are um, these are merely watched before and but not written about? Uh, yes, correct. The latter, uh, written about. There's so many films out there, you know, you can review and stuff. And, and I've talked if your about focus it. more contemporary action, you know, the various Scott Ad- Scott Atkins Probably, movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 difficult sometimes, especially when you look at the back catalogue, which is, as we all know, just just huge. Um, and then there's so many films that do come out, um, and you're trying to keep up with those. Um, sometimes it's just difficult to try and do that. Um segue in not quite nicely to my greatest hundred eastern films oh yeah I, hopefully i'm going to get to do some of those films that i haven't reviewed so um or a lot of the films that i've not reviewed so that's going to work quite well in my favor uh, but obviously trying to keep up to date with the newer ones and then the back catalog which is why i like doing this podcast so much because you know i'm going back and revisiting some of these and some films are you know new to me as well that I've not seen perhaps for a while or not seen at all and it's great to kind of review them here so you know I get to do that which is which is great so thank you are you caught up with um, Scott Atkins' uh, output? Uh, because we, we know the man works, so it, uh, it can be hard. <laughs> prolific, prolific. Um, I have to say, and, and I know it's on the internet at the moment, and it's not an Eastern film, but I reviewed it anyway. Avengement is a latest film. Um, it is probably his best film to date, uh, acting-wise. He, he looked a bit um, annoyed at people in the movie. It looked like he had some mild annoyance <laughs> against a fella or two. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different. It's a different character to what he usually plays, you know. And this one, you know, there is a rage there behind it. But you know, Jesse V. Johnson uh, over the years uh, has done him. Well, is it six films now he's done with him? Um, since Savage Dog, and I noticed there they had this some spark, the connection between director and actor. Um, he's got something. It works from every film. He's getting better and better. This one is 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 by far the best so far of that collaboration. They work so well together. They've come up with something. They've come up with something different for Scott than his usual fare. Um, a different twist on it. The action is brutal and brilliant. And um, yeah, he goes from strength to strength. You know, Scott, he, he deserves he deserves a break somewhere. He deserves something. You know, stick him in a film with Jason Statham or something. He deserves a break because you know he's there. He just needs that. You know, he needs that break into you know the A list. He could do it, but Avengement proves how good he is. So, yeah, that's definitely worth a watch and, and recently reviewed on uh, Eastern Film Fans. So, yeah. Uh, we'll link uh, to that specifically and the website. In the meantime, we're going to take a musical break. I heard the Wong Fei Hong, uh, the, the theme that is usually associated with Wong Fei Hong somewhere in the Skyhawk. So, I might as well try and extract, extract that. And uh, we'll be back after that break to review the Skyhawk starring Quanta Hing as. Wong Fei Hong, so we'll be right back.
and welcome back and our first review of this versus type of episode. I haven't really decided on uh, the tag of a name for it, but it is the Skyhawk from 1974. And plot from the Voiced Films review of the film goes as follows: uh, With his adoring pupil Fatty, played by Sammo Hung, by his side, Wong Fei Hung, the so-called Skyhawk, played by Quan Ta Hing travels to exotic Thailand to see his old friend Mr. Chu. On the way, Wong sees a young fighter, Leo, played by Carter Wong, fending off a band of attackers on the roadside only to encounter him later after he has been severely beaten. Obviously, the noble Wong takes the stranger, Leo, back to the house of his friends and, uh, friend and aids him in his recovery to health. After a short time, Leo is back on his feet, is accepted by Wong as a student alongside Fatty and shows himself to be a quick learner. Meanwhile, Mr. Chu, who manages the workers at the local pier, finds himself under increasing pressure from the devious rival Mr. Ku, who wants to control the entire area for his own nefarious reasons. Mr. Ku decides to force one of Mr. Chu's key workers to switch sides and influence the man to follow suit. And the plan is only half successful, though, as Wong Fei Hong and his pupils help their old friends out. The increasingly vicious Mr. Ku uh, tries to use his hide muscles to threaten Wong Fei Hong, but soon discovers that the Skyhawk's reputation is very well earned and he will not ignore unrighteousness. Nonetheless, Ku wants to rid of any opposition, and so he hires a wild, long-haired, super-kicking villain played by uh, Wang Insik from The Young Master and Dragon Lord and Hapkido and various other movies to achieve his goals. This move leads to their gradual domination of the pier and the constant humiliation of Wang Fei Hong, who refuses to be drawn into an all-out conflict until he essentially is drawn into a big conflict because it is a kung fu movie after all but uh, there's your values uh, presented there in uh, the uh, plot of the movie the values of the character anyway the Skyhawk is from Korean director uh, Jong Changhua, and this is the man who actually worked both in his native country, but also went through Shaw Brothers and Golden Harvest during his career. But he made iconic work for Shaw Brothers, uh, going back as far as the very fun spy movie, because Shaw Brothers were into spy movies, they were responding to the spy trend in the 60s, and that movie is called Temp- Temptress of a Thousand Faces from 1967 but obviously we know him well you know the movie hopefully uh, King Boxer from 1972 was the movie that uh, uh, Jong directed and that solidified the interest and breakthrough of the Kung Fu movie in America where it was released as Five Fingers of Death still uh, I mean it's one of those movies feel that I'm glad it's great I'm glad it's not this movie that happened to play well but it's actually not that great King Boxer is actually genuinely just fantastic, I think, uh, as, a, as, as a standard uh, cliché genre piece in a way. It really delivers, and the action is just uh, terrific, and it's got iconic moments with the red hands and the soundtrack and all of that. So I'm glad it's great, and uh, it's never disappointed me, really. No, no, it's, it's iconic movies, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's so many people that put up that film that introduced them to the genre, introduced them to the whole kung fu films and stuff it'll always take its place there um for generations to come and you know that's how well it's perceived now when we're talking about it you know in in 2019 and still talking about a movie that you know influenced so many people into the genre and their and their love of you know kung fu movies so yeah 
Sam Hong, on the other hand, uh, he was uh, hovering uh, around the Hong Kong film industry and uh, Golden Harvest uh, as an actor and action director on movies such as Lady Whirlwind, uh, When Taekwondo Strikes and Hapkido, while also getting more noticeable roles over the years other than Fug or Henchman. Uh, you know, he, he appeared in a supporting role, or maybe even third lead after Angela Carter and then I think Samo, uh, Hapkido. Uh, that was the trio in Hapkido and Wang In-sik played a good guy in Hapkido and has a marvelous kicking showcase towards the end there in Hapkido is so so terrific and uh, obviously Samo co-stars here in the Skyhawk but the true veteran is our lead Quan Tai Ng who played Wong Fei Hong uh, many times uh, this is one of his 70 plus appearances uh, uh, that uh, goes back as far as uh, to 1949 that was the first one the story of Wong Fei Hong part one is a cliffhanger and uh, he also played a role uh, the, the last one was uh, unless the Lunar New Year movie that he did way, did way later was literally Wong Fei Hong. I can't say that right now, but uh, the the last uh, role I know of was in 1981's Dreadnought for uh, director Yoon Wah Ping. D- this was seemingly his first appearance in the role in over four years, uh, going back to the Skyhawk as 1970s Wong Fei Hong bravely crushing the fire formation was the prior and then last appearance. But then he spread out appearances in general in the 70s, and uh, the next uh, time we saw Quan Ta Hing as uh, Wong Fei Hong was in another Yun Woping movie I mentioned, Dreadnought. But uh, this was uh, 1979's Mag- The Magnificent Butcher with Sam Hung in uh, a much more evolved stage as a performer, action director. Uh, he didn't direct that one, but uh, you know he might as well have because it's, <laughs> it's a quality movie too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and in that one, he was Lam Wing, Butcher Wing, but I don't think they make any reference in the Skyhawk to him being one of those famous disciples is merely Fei, 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 Fatty. Mm. And that's, uh, I, I didn't hear any Lam Sai Wing or any Mandarin Lin something, I don't know. But uh, he, he certainly got to play that uh, that role. Uh, out of all the Butcher Wing or Lam Sai Wings, I'm still, because I saw it first, I'm still in favor of Kent Cheng's performance in Once Upon a Time in China as, uh, as Butcher Wing because uh, it was so great. He, Kent is a terrific actor and they used him physically in a logical way. You know, uh, but M- Magnificent Butcher is obviously Samo at, uh, at his finest. It's, so, uh, and uh, if you remember, uh, especially Dreadnought, but certainly the, the, the Magnificent Butcher, Quanta Hing was used, um, you know, he, he obviously was an, an elder actor in 1974, an older actor in 1980 or 79. So they, they used him as much as they could, but he was part of the sort of playful aura of those movies he took down opponents in in creative ways uh, rather than uh, martial arts uh, focused ways because uh, Dreadnought in particular is a very playful movie and uh, I, be- I believe he uses calligraphy or, or some kind of uh, uh, medical treatment to take down an opponent so he was very uh, on board with um, going outside of the box uh, the sort of rigid box of Wang Fei Hong and his uh, righteousness uh, by that point he uh, found it fun to play clearly so that's uh, something to look back on I think uh, whenever you get to it because uh, who needs an excuse really to rewatch The Magnificent Butcher you know what I mean or, 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 dread, or dread not even yeah yeah I, did, I mean my oh, I say something controversial my opinion see I've, I've Magnificent Butcher is, is just a fine fine movie Dreadnought was so built up to be this film and especially with Hong Kong Legends because it became kind of synonymous. I mean, I don't know what price it fetches now, but it was ridiculous at one point and stuff. It became this, they, they put it on this pedestal that it, it never was, I don't think. 
if you don't sell it as a crazy movie, but which it is, it's a mo- yeah, exactly. mood switcheroo galore in that one. You you're doing the viewer disservice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. So um, I think it's probably probably partial. So yeah, I was always a uh, magnificent butcher. Was always up there and stuff. Even though I've got, <laughs> ironically, I've got Dreadnought the poster on my wall in my in my room. It's looking at you. One day you'll love me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One day you'll love me. I'm there staring at you. No, I won't. Magnificent butcher. Magnificent butcher. Um, but um, yeah, you know, each to their own, as it as it were, and stuff. But yeah, they're still great films. They're still they, great. They, films. they are tougher cells. I mean, uh, they, yeah. they, then you transition into speaking of Jumbo being like Miracle Fighters and the Drunk God movies, where it's all off the wall stuff that doesn't have a lot to do with kung fu but rather exactly. uh, special effects and uh, magic yeah. and i i love them to death because uh, it's it's the unhinged traditional martial artists uh, having fun and then ending it with mismatched uh, couples in a way or, or even drunken tai chi as uh, as, as elements of uh, the yuns are crazy yo so uh, there it is let's get back to the skyhawk uh, uh, let's uh, do some brief uh, opinions uh, first of all phil i'll let you uh, open the floor up for discussion what do you want to say in short about 1974's the skyhawk you know it works really well skyhawk i think and that's to do with the the cast that you've got in it it's it's solid The you know samo is um cutting his craft so to speak um, Carter Wong is doing what he does best. He's um, just kicking ass and taking names, um, looking angry most of the time. Um, but the the cast is supreme in this, and this is what elevates um, this movie to some extent. It's story wise, yeah, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit big boss Bruce Lee, and there's there's nudges towards that. We'll come on to that later. Oh, there's uh, there's wholesale ripoffs of uh, big boss. I have to <laughs> well, say, yeah, there is, yeah, like that. We'll come on to those. But um, you know, it's it's a it's a solid uh, action film. There's plenty to see, um, and uh, it keeps it ticking along for the for the running time that it is. So yeah, it's a it's a solid effort. I uh, did enjoy it, and I enjoyed revisiting it because it's been a while since I've seen it. So um, I still enjoyed it today, which is a testament to the to the film itself. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's very watchable, and uh, even though it's not running laps around other genre greats or anything, yeah. I, I, and I don't think it's really trying. It, it, it hasn't got a lot of distinction in story, and the darkness isn't that effective. But Quanta Hing, again, cost is key. Quanta Hing, I think, gets a really good showcase in terms of how he's used for the action scenes, because they obviously mix the elder performer and the stuntman, and, uh, but also the values. He's communicating as a character, and I'm sure he, he, he did that across all those 70 movies. Uh, it's almost oddly affecting... Um, the way he knows his parts in and out and he manages to reach us who wasn't exposed to his reign in the role right because we I'll, I'll get to this in a minute we haven't been able to watch all those 70 plus movies because they aren't really available or subtitled that's uh, something I took away from the Skyhawk uh, this time around uh, Samahong choreographed the action and uh, it's often powerful and uh, we come to believe that Wong Fei Hung is this skillful. Uh, we also come to believe the ferocity of our villain, uh, Wang Hin Sik, who just is uh, is this world a very very fun whirlwind. Uh. Exactly, he's crazy. But you, you know, you're in for a treat. You are. I mean, Wang Hin Sik, you just see him and you go, "Oh yes, we've got ourselves a villain." Thank you very much. This is going to be good. Because, you know, even in a small capacity and stuff, he's going to pull that off. You know you're going to get some kicking of some kind because, let's face it, you're not going to put him in a film and he's not going to kick anybody. So, you know, thumbs up. That That's excitement right there. For, for an action movie buff, you know that 
you know, you're in for a good time when you see him as a villain. Again, for those of us who need subtitles, um, it, it really was hard to get into these uh, Quantaing Wong Fei Hong movies. Uh, they, they, the sources you see sometimes were taped off TV or from unsubtitled VCD, so they haven't done like box sets of these things throughout the years. I, I don't really have a good take on uh, what they were like throughout the years. I mean, I've seen the first one, uh, the story of Wong Fei Hong. Because the, that that was um, so someone did put subtitles on on that, and I mean it's uh, it, it's black and white, it's stagey, it's primitive, but it's a recognizable martial arts story, and uh, you 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 can't say to yourself, well, well, he's worthless because the movie first movie has no impact at all. I mean, this got built up and built up, and I'm sure this movie had way more impact when it was released in 1949. So we we we're not expecting like Lao Ga Lung action in uh, 1949 or anything. Yeah. Um, but 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 it's a it's the only sort of sad thing that we don't really know how um, because they were made up until 1970, as I said. What these mo- if these movies were matching the the evolving kung fu action of the time, if they were running along alongside the Shaw Brothers stuff and also doing good action at the same time, or if they were their little own own island there, uh, we don't really know, uh, un- unfortunately, but. Um, Maybe that will change uh, some sometimes, um, uh, sometime in the future. But uh, I think it's meaningful to audiences that Quantahing is back because um, you know, regardless if this was a step up production wise versus his 1970 movie, it, it it is an intriguing concept to have him back. And I mean, heck, they even put right at the front of the movie Quantahing in the Skyhawk, not later on starring Quantahing, but Quantahing in the skyhawk and i think that comes from a place for from we know the icon and we want to sell that the icon is back and uh, we want to show the audience that uh, he should be put front and center because this is our Wong Fei Hong. Wong Fei Hong, yeah that makes sense actually that they they would do that and you're right he's quite synonymous with the uh, with the character, so therefore, you know, like I say, it makes perfect sense. Did you ever get an impression watching him, in, like in the Magnificent Butcher and and this that how shall I put this? Uh, did, did he have an impact in you in the role? Was there enough communicated from a for, from a character standpoint of his uh, righteous values and his ability to do action in this and Magnificent Butcher? Or, 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 are they, or are they or are these like too few movies? It depends if when when you saw him so. I saw him probably in The Magnificent Butcher first before the Once Upon a Time in, in, in China films anyway. So I kind of I, I got that and I appreciated him in the role. So therefore, I saw him as that. So when you come and, and look at, and I did see Scott afterwards, you appreciate him in there. All of a sudden, you've got that appreciation in that role. And then you've got an understanding that actually, you know, he kind of personifies that role to a certain extent. So therefore, you the acceptance is there. It's kind of given. You know, whatever first film you watch him in, do you accept that? Um, you know, we'll come on to the the other film later. Do you accept that person playing that role and that character in the first film you see them do that character? Um, the answer was yes in this case. So therefore, it's quite easy going into the Skyhawk and recognising him in that role because I've seen him in previous films in that role and he's taking that again. And you know he's that curtain, and the and there's an expectation as well. So the expectation of Wang Fei Hong and what he is, and this noble man, and not getting into trouble and all that, you expect that from him, and he delivers that. In in a way, I think it's a good start because they they put a lot of uh, 
Uh, I like to use this term, but uh, I'll, I'll do it anyway. They, they, they put a lot of things into the Wong Fei Hong bingo card here yeah. uh, in terms of uh, moral val- uh, values and morality, but also obviously car- carries an umbrella. And yeah. uh, we, we learned that from the Jet Li movies that uh, one with weapons uh, can be an umbrella. So you you got a, a little bingo here, but um, they, they clearly uh, took on the challenge of, okay, Quanta Hing is X amount of years old, so he, he can't be doing uh, as intense action as Sam wants. So, how do you think uh, they do the mixture of him and the stuntman? Because the structure is that Wong Fei Hong will perform acrobatic feats and will do jumps and so forth, and Quanta Hing will do certain close quarter action because daddy can do. So, how do you think that mixture worked uh, for you? Yeah, and it works fine for me because you believe in the character. So, let's let's um distribute back to every actor you ever see and stuff. Not every actor has the ability to do this and that or the other. We know Yim Bu doubles for a lot of people um, in a lot of films and stuff, and, and some actors can't. But you believe in the character. You know, the stuntman will step in to do that, and you believe that that character is performing those tasks and stuff because they have a certain way about them. And if they can carry that off, you, you don't mind as much. It's seamless to a certain extent because you're not looking for it. You're just watching the film which is a, a good example um, when we see the the other film that we'll review in a bit and stuff, and maybe quite the opposite of what I'm talking about now. So this is believable, and I believe he's doing all that because I believe in the character, and I'm not looking for the stuntman that's taken over there. I believe he can do that because he's Wong Fei Hong, and he owns that character, so therefore it's a believable. Yeah, yeah, the mix is uh, very solid and fluid, uh, and uh, especially also in in my eyes, uh, you know, going outside your your correct uh, uh, opinion there that that you believe the character, you also believe that he is capable in the shorter takedowns that Quanta yes. Hing does do himself. Uh, that choreography from Samo is uh, is sharp and powerful, and uh, isn't uh, slowed down or undercranked horribly just uh, because of uh, his uh, uh, older age or anything. And uh, there are rapid exchanges throughout the movie that are so appealing that whether we're talking uh, fist-to-fist or kicks, and in particular the the latest scene with Carter Wong and Wang in sick, that is just uh, pretty frantic and frenetic. And uh, Carter leaves a very fine impression going up against uh, Wang in sick. And Wang in sick would have regardless but uh, if you can measure up to him then that's uh, something you t- take with you and then if all of this is good Phil you, you believe in the cast and the action is solid and all of that it's okay that it's sort of run of the mill and yeah. that it's not uh, trying to reinvent uh, Golden Harvest going to Thailand again <laughs> they did a couple of times <laughs> uh, Big Boss I think the tournament might have been uh, with Angela Mao might have been uh, right around this time or the year after so um that's so obviously it's a go-to geographic uh enhancer for a hong kong movie and uh, yeah yeah it's thai locations that's fine but uh, it, it's not always automatic that it becomes like oh my god it's thailand it's all it's automatically awesome regardless of what they do no they need to do something and yeah, w- exactly. what they do here is one of the middle but what they what they leave with us is uh is a good impression from from casting to to action and all of that uh, the only disappointment i guess if we talk a little bit about the action is that um 
it is early in Samuel's career, so you know he wasn't given any dream roles or anything. But uh, I was just hoping for a little bit more distinctive Samuel. He is a supporting actor; he's there, he performs in action. But Samuel's work, I think, is more felt from behind the camera, choreographing everyone else than his acting or his own action. To be honest, I mean, his own action is that he performs; it's obviously great and exemplary, and uh, he follows through on kicks and punches. It looks great, but. It Sam on screen didn't stick with me as much as uh, other people did, and I think he's it's because he's not in it as much, you know, a little bit less than Carter, maybe. So I think maybe, and maybe you know, he was told, you know, you're the action director, and, and the damn fine job he does on it too, and stuff. Make no mistake, you're 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 supporting even Carter to a certain extent. You know, he's going to be the man there, which they, which is what it looks like to me and stuff. And make him the you know the showpiece, and he takes he's always kind of in the the background, you know. Um, Carter's kind of in the foreground and stuff, you know. Um, so you you get that, and I get that feeling. So actually, he was you know further down, um, pecking order to a certain extent. Um, it, it looked like it was you know Carter Wong's kind of kind of movie to to some extent. So maybe that was it, and mate, and he was you know earning his stripes at that time. So you're right, you'd like to see a little bit more of stuff, just a little bit too soon for that. But ah, his stamp, his action choreography is stamped all over this, and that's what elevates um, the the film as well, along with the cast and that that action that obviously that Samo can deliver. And and here and his highlights come in the uh, in the bridge scene where you see Samuel kicking henchmen off the bridge and that I don't know anything about martial arts technique but I know when you see a fake kick choreographed kick in full uh, on screen rather than cut up and you see someone being able to you know actually extend his legs and actually use power while doing it while fake hitting the stuntman and will go off into the water that um, is still um, sort of timeless cinema for me and, and Samo really knows how to use his entire being follow through is uh the the sort of term i thought to myself he follows through on hits and kicks and you know his his uh so, so long hair is going with it as well you know so obviously it almost adds uh like this impact as well because uh, you can see his uh, hair flail about the place so uh, it, it really looks good on him and uh the flashes of samuel's power kicking is uh is great uh, but 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 uh, the work he does for for the entire cast is uh, really exemplary i think um it's it's interesting when you talk about the bridge thing because it's it's it, it, it's what less than a minute or something when they get by the bridge and doing the kicking and stuff but if you look at carter wong at the beginning of that and again he's in the the front of that that fighting stuff but in actual fact they cut to sam at the back because carter as good as it is it's a bit like one two three four one, two, three, four. And then you look at Samo and it's bam, 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 bam. It's like there's a different, there's a different, completely different style and it flows and it's, you know, it, it's great to look at. You're right. I would have liked to see more of that. At this stage of his career, you're not going to get that because Carter Wong is there. But it's a brief, all but brief, but absolutely um, it, it's good to bring up and just show what, you know, Samo on the road to becoming, you know, that, that action star that he was uh, destined to be. Um, just the power and the fluidity of his movements is just marvelous. And, and already had logged a few years of uh, establishing his action directing, uh, you know, here in the early seventies. So uh, it's a great period to watch in that regard. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to better the Big Boss, which is a great movie for Bruce. L- lesser movie outside of the Bruce stuff. And although this movie 
sort of saves itself in the last minute for a while it just straight off copies a uh, a, a few beats from the big boss which is also like come on golden harvest do you, do you was it really that precious and really that exactly. oh my god we have to go back to a gold mine of scenes here so we're gonna have a boss talk to some workers and try to bribe them and, and try to get them on their side and they say no thanks and then they bring them to a sawmill and i was like god did they bring law away into this shit I mean, <laughs> like, I, I know guys what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my greatest hits G- granted they have a little fight and uh, it doesn't go exactly the same as the sawmill sequence that kills off one, uh, two of the brothers in the big boss in the beginning there um but it, it was like guys come on it, it's martial arts it's run the mill genre stuff but you don't need to do the entirety of big boss for a while here uh, you know uh, save that for the supposed big boss sequels you know the big boss 2 or whatever so uh, you, you did above me it was just like it really is quite similar isn't it <laughs> right yeah now. It, it is yeah yeah and you're like oh no a second there's Lee Kwan yeah he was in that movie too <laughs> yeah exactly it was in the big boss there's Norman Mao. Um, hold on a second. Who isn't in it very much? Bless her. She's always great to look at, but not in it a lot. But uh, what, who else are we going to? Who else is going to crop up in this that we know um, as well? There was, so there was none there with that. But yeah, some. And scenes. maybe if you like, if you can, if you ask uh, Mr. Carriage uh, to identify uh, a Thai stuntman, maybe he will find oh. some of the same stuntmen in here as in the big boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- I never would know. expect so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point, actually. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Wong Fei Hong and their sort of character here again because uh, there are some very good beats here as he uh, doesn't choose to spring into action. The, uh, he internalizes rage. as uh, Even as a full fight is going on in the background in the restaurant, he just sits there. And he's got rage on his, fa- on his face, uh, but he's, he internalizes it. He sucks it up and says, sorry, my students are ignorant. So we actually... Um, he lets uh, the uh, the other person in this case uh, get the advantage in a way, and, uh, and uh, he takes uh, the high road, even though he probably didn't need to, because um, he would have been in the right to engage in action. But it is an unusual beat, I think. You don't see it a lot in in cinema that I can think of, and it's great to see Quanta Hing being able to presumably extend values and character that has had been evident in that long running series and uh, you know you know it extends to the to the scene where he he talks uh, verbally that uh, we, we need to absorb um, humiliation and not break we need to have generous minds and brave hearts and being able to forgive and for some reason and maybe it's due to him being so solid in the role and knows his role and he knows how to communicate for me it didn't come off as ham-fisted that message and especially not when you get the iconic moments like Quanta Hing just taking it while Wang In Sik is pouring water on him there in the temple and he just sits there completely zen and not breaking. And I, I thought those moments, it's not the most poignant stuff in cinema in general, but it's not the go-to in martial arts movies necessarily. And I really appreciated that this is uh, here that even in the face of this humiliation decides to not do something until it's until the end essentially and that's development i quite liked and that makes uh quanta hing it, it, it's kind of wonderful to see quanta hing being able to put forth character rather than just walk and appear as wong fei hong for a little bit you know, you know they give him something yeah exactly because let's face it there's um you, there's not uh don't need many excuses just to have a fight 
in films anyway and stuff. And um, it's nice to see them take um, that road and the high road and respect the character. Because Wong Fei Hong, there's an expectation that, you know, um, that he wouldn't just stand up and just start fighting. You know, he delivers that and therefore you believe the character even more to a certain extent because you've got that. And those moments do add beats to that, you know, that you being and understanding the character more and understanding what he's about and his beliefs, etc. And it reinforces that on the journey. And, and you know, and hopefully that at, at some point you, he's going to break out and, you know, he's going to get the bad guys. But, you know, at what point, what's the breaking point for that to happen? But those moments helping that journey in the story. And like I say, they're not the most poignant. They're not, you know, it's not cinematic history, but it's nice. I can, I bet he can, thanks to those moments, that will create like a murmur in the audience. Like, why isn't he fighting? He's got to fight. I mean, I would fight. Uh, I would have fought. You know, if you can reach your audience and just, and the audience sort of, Saying that, well, I think he's wrong. He should have. And but but this character stands his ground. I think that, that that's a neat little involving nature to a somewhat run of the mill kung fu movie. And I took that away from um, the movie uh, definitely uh, too. Despite the movie peaking every now and and again because the story isn't that involving and the darkness isn't that well executed to be honest i mean the, the tragedy is here but you don't feel feel it that that much i mean even the big boss did that better a, a lot better even the darkness in that movie is appealing d- d- despite the peaks and valleys it never really loses uh, focus uh, and quality necessarily i mean heck it even survives the the awesome sequence that that, that is just low way poor <laughs> I see, you know, Lee Kwan is is gonna torch the casino and he uh, walks with the can of gasoline behind all the Thai people at the gambling table. No one notices the guy walking (laughs) right behind them and the smelly petrol behind them and he uh, torches the place and then someone goes... Oh, fire! Fire! Come on, this is low way stupid. Here, come on. We shall bring that scene back up when we when we talk about the master of kung fu because yeah. there's something in that that's uh, more or less the mirror of that the the obvious um, which is brilliant but yeah yeah you're right I know yeah it's it's quite nobody sees him with the massive petrol can walking behind them all they're that concentrated on betting and stuff not one of them oh it's a statement it's a political statement or something or so, a social statement they're concentrating on their betting. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, right, let's talk a little bit about the finale, I suppose. Um, this uh, has a um, distinct uh, nature to it. It takes place partially um, in a studio. Mm, and yeah. I'm thinking uh, literally that schedule-wise it didn't work out slash the action that Quanta Hing wanted to perform. He didn't want to perform in the Thai heat. So essentially, the uh, the when they reach the uh, reach the location and Quanta Hing performs his action, that's in a studio, and uh, you you only notice it because you notice it, and then yeah. then the finale you go with the finale because there's gonna be quality here, uh, despite so. Um, and I, I don't know about you, and uh, maybe this is just my poor taste in uh, in cinema. I don't dislike the artifice of uh, indoor. Uh, an indoor setting that's supposed to be uh, outdoor. Uh, outdoors as a matter of fact I kind of like the artifice of that the artificial nature of that that's why I like Shaw Brothers movies in a way that we're fighting against this uh, red sun uh, you know uh, this dusk or dawn or whatever 
totally outdoors but it's so plastic and indoors and obviously <laughs> controlled environments and uh, but but i enjoy that especially if it's fantasy anyway uh, we, which this uh, obviously isn't it is uh, uh, you know if anything it's played for realism to a degree with some acrobatic feats uh, here and there but um, any uh, particular notes uh, any highlights from, from the finale uh, from you whether whether involving no, I mean, probably um just this is probably why I'm not so keen on the Shaw Brothers cat. Like there are there are films that I enjoy, obviously, but um, yeah, just the the flick into the indoor. I, I prefer when it's outdoor and it's natural and stuff rather than than those indoor sets. It just you know I I notice it's there now more probably. I suppose you know, and I like the outdoors and the you know the 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 landscape of it and stuff and the Carter Wong and he's doing all that and he's there and it it, it looks it just looks better and then you flick back. And then it's not quite so good. Also, I'm not so keen on the. Um, I, I put it down to the big bus again. The flying through the air. These people just flying through the air all the time. Every time, Quantai uh, like throws a person. He, he's up in the air for for a long time. They, all of them. I think all the bad guys end up like at some point and stuff. And Carter One does that bit and stuff with his final movie. There's death kneel on them and stuff does it. i'm not keen on it but you know as a as in a finale for the movie you get all the kicks and the beats and you know when you're singing carl wong and and that's great and stuff and you get the revenge you want so you know it's a decent uh a decent ending to the film and it's uh it's what you want to see it's a big fight to the the finale so um from that point of view yeah it, um it's it, the right uh it's the right notes yeah, and there's some spear action here as well. Don't remember for the life of me if, if it was uh, Quanta Hing who was uh, wielding a spear or not. But uh, there's a, actually there's, there have been a few sequences before this where I thought Samuel's action was not particularly well executed, including in a death scene that um, it was a bit too soft um, and it felt like uh, it was done too quick but here I think he rebounds uh, in that uh, when using the spear there's loud foley effects which I enjoy for early 70s kung fu and uh, he keeps technically uh, executing the design and the editing around the elder Quan if you will and uh, I, I enjoy that uh, very much it, it gives uh, Wong Fei Hong some distinction in the finale and, and there, there is better precision in Samo's action uh, here for the finale after a sequence or two where I felt um, uh, the, uh, some sequences were a bit middling. Overall a ni- uh, nice ending to it all 84 minutes of uh, good fun and uh, some uh, impactful character stuff from uh, Quanta Hing as uh, Wong Fei Hung so I guess uh, you know, welcome back and regardless uh, d- you know, despite him not performing in this role for for many years again uh, it was a nice little uh, return i suppose i uh, hope audiences liked it at the time uh, maybe it's something i didn't know maybe this is leagues better than the qual- production quality in all those frequently made wong fei home movies i wouldn't know and i'm dying to know what kind of kung fu filmmaking were they putting forth alongside shore brothers and cafe and uh, as golden harvest came into their own and things like that so um it's it's uh, one part of the kung fu uh, cinema history that's um, that's eluded me because I can't um, see it or understand it uh, currently. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to find out from other people, or hopefully some more of his movies will be available uh, over time. So, uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, any other notes, or should we proceed? I think that's about it. Um, only probably the final note being that um, 
Never ever should Samo sing in a movie. <laughs> what a bloody racket. Uh, apart from that, no, no, it was good, good, solid movie. Enjoyed the Skyhawk. It's been a long time uh, revisiting that one um, for me, and I, and I enjoyed it again. So, yeah, absolutely. I think people should uh, seek it out. Uh, if you can, it's a little bit uh, problematic. Uh, and as for availability, uh, as part of the uh, Fortune Star Library and publisher Joy Sales Legendary Collection, uh, the movie was on VCD and DVD for a while, but seems elusive uh, currently, and no other company is reissuing that particular catalog currently. Uh, there was a US release from Shout Factory that contained four movies across two or three discs. Uh, it was The Skyhawk, The Manchu Boxer, The Association and John Woo's The Dragon Tamers. A little bit of a, a Golden Harvest action for you there. Uh, that is seemingly out of print and second-hand prices for even this multi-movie set uh, resides at about 100 US dollars which I think is a bit uh, excessive for 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 movies that are not uh, cleaned up or they're not special editions as such so uh, because uh, they, they are the old transfers recycled that were on DVD prior and things like that so I'm willing to bet anyway so I, I wouldn't pay that much for that four pack uh, eBay lists uh, a lot of bootlegs of the movie so um, if you don't want to support that then don't go there so this availability section is uh, sadly all about that it's not available but uh, worth mentioning though is that the best print on DVD came from HK Video in France who included the Skyhawk uh, all cleaned up uh, but not English subtitled as a bonus movie on their DVD edition of Yoon Wo Ping's uh, Iron Monkey but that, that movie is also seems elusive even uh, second hand because uh, I was keen on adding that to my collection but sometimes the HK Video editions are a bit expensive when they are when they are on the second-hand market, but it was completely unavailable uh, currently. So uh, we relied on a, a copy of that, though. But uh, I would love to add it to my collection, uh, even even as uh, even though the case says Iron Monkey, which is not a bad thing, but li- literally it's like plus the Skyhawk on the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool bonus movie. Love it. It's a lovely looking print, I have to say. So yeah, it's worth it's worth digging. It is indeed. So. We're done with the first uh, Wong Fai Hong of this episode. We're going to move on to the other one that Shaw Brothers were responsible for. Uh, it's called Master of Kung Fu, starring Ku Feng as Wong Fai Hong. And after a promo break uh, of, of another podcast, uh, we'll uh, get back here and uh, talk to you about that particular movie. So sit tight and we'll be right back. All right, man, we really got to record a promo for this thing. Should we write a script for this? Nah, fuck it, man. We'll do it live. Hey, folks, this is El Goro. And this is the Cancer Man. And we are the hosts of Talk Without Rhythm. The only podcast that will not attract the worm. That really doesn't explain what we do. Well, we watch two movies a week, we review them, we bullshit, and sometimes we say something funny. Yeah, but most of the time we just piss people off. Well, the American film viewing public can't handle most of what we have to say. But if you think you can, you can find us on iTunes if you do a search for Talk Without Rhythm. You could also find us on our website, T-W-O-R Podcast. .blogspot.com baby deuces and welcome back and the second review of this uh, Wong Fei Hong versus Wong Fei Hong episode if you will is Master of Kung Fu from 1973 with uh, Ku Feng starring as Wong Fei Hong and plot from the Silver Emulsion review of the film the Master of Kung Fu begins with a New Year's celebration complete with a lion dance competition the students of uh, Wong Fei Hong uh, played by Ku Feng are clearly the better team but Wong's cousin Mai Gen played by Chan Chen tricks them into a fight, making Wong's students lose their dance and uh, forcing Wong to apologize publicly to Mike. This might seem like a kind of a petty move 
on the, on behalf of that character, but he does have a purpose. A foreign man, Mr. Gordon, is in the import-export business and he needs someone to guard his valuable jade collection. In order to find a suitable chief of security, he sets up a martial arts tournament to decide who he'll hire. Maigen wants to win the job and the prestige associated with it, so this is why he is trying to place himself above Wang Feihong. Meanwhile, a shady businessman named Deng Shi has brought in an outsider, the character of Li Tian Dao, played by Wang Xie, to win the job away from both of them. But Wang Feihong doesn't even want the job, so he merely gets caught in the middle as Mai and Li double cross and betray their way around each other. So that's uh, your little plot for you. Uh, this is directed by Ho Meng Hua, one of Shaw Brothers' most prolific directors of no fixed style, really. As he went with the times and logged every kind of genre imaginable. Fantasy, exploitation, kung fu, wuxia, horror, is essentially kaiju as well. Uh, he's the man behind Shaw Brothers' Journey to the West quartet of movies, starting with The Monkey Goes West in 1966, featuring uh, Yu Hua as the Monkey King. And it, that concluded with The Land of Many Perfumes in 1968. He transitioned into both Kung Fu, both female and male-led. He made The Kiss of Death with Law Leet, which, um, uh, which was remade into the Category 3 nasty Her Vengeance, starring Lam Xingying. And he gave us The Flying Guillotine, Black Magic and even. And here's where the sort of kaiju angle comes in. He was the director of Phil of The Mighty Peking Man. So uh, clearly he was not afraid to expand his genre experience as the studio did the same. He was one they can call upon to helm their uh, movie, you know, a weird movie or not, you know, a mm. traditional movie or not. And I kind of like that idea that a director is uh, on hand and can perform uh, these various uh, movies. Uh, heck, even the Journey to the West movies were, were, they were fantasy movies and had special effects to a degree as well so um and so that's a little minor background on the director uh, as for my short opinions he might not have distinct features as director but as i said he could be responsible for any number of productions and do it professionally enough so uh and, and he does a simple direct movie here uh, there's very few signature elements along the way but there are a few in the way of action and sometimes in its lead because there's a slight problem here with uh, fully buying Ku Feng as uh, Wong Fei Hong but I'll get to that it's enjoyable and sufficient without like like there's no extensive dips into mediocre territory but, uh, but it's enjoyable and sufficient enough but it probably doesn't deserve elevated status as such it's good but it's also gone quickly but but I'll, I'll take with me the moments where I thought Wong Fei Hong worked and when I thought the action worked uh, alongside his portrayal but uh, not without its problems phil that's what I, I, i'll say for now so in short uh, what do you think of the master of kung fu uh no it's not no he doesn't he didn't do it for me um he poor phil he's struggling now look at yeah him. i am struggling i'm struggling you know you're in trouble when i'm struggling for i don't want to be negative can i am gonna be negative nelly i don't i can't and the reason I'm struggling is because I can't believe that Ku Feng can be Wan Fei Hong. It is, it is an uphill battle, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and that's the trouble. And that's what hangs it together because you have to believe it. Um, and that, and I struggle with that. And as, a, as a, a good actor that he is, and he is, don't get me wrong, and story-wise, it's, it's okay as, as a film and stuff. But time and time again, we come back to, to the lead and stuff. And I just didn't believe it enough. I didn't believe he. Do you think it's because you know him more as this uh, intense, 
villain with intense eyes, uh, or, 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 or you don't remember Ku Feng from endless Shaw Brothers movies? Uh, no, and I, 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 I do, and I, and I was seeming in that, but not even that, because he's such a good actor, and he's a great actor. That, that, that cannot be denied, but I can't believe him as a, as a this um, historic, you know, kung fu person, and, and we'll get onto the reasons why mm, later, for sure. you know, when we come to the action, I guess, but it wasn't believable enough. You know, he played all the beats are there for for Wong Fei Hong. You know, um, he's a, he's a doctor, he's a healer. You know, he, he's you know uh, he's not going to uh, take up fighting without you know again some cause for that to happen. You know, he's the people's hero and he works. You know, and he can do all that, but he's not Wong Fei Hong. And that's the trouble with the film. For for me, it like comes and goes. Uh, if I'm being, I'm not trying to be overly nice to it. I'm, I just think that that this scene works. Here he works. Now he's struggling to to find a footing as a character. Uh, he was 43 years old at the time, and veterans of movies for a decade. So uh, you know he's not playing super young Wong Fei Hong, and he's not elder Wong Fei Hong. So oh, no. there, there is an op to find an angle here and, and a visual representation. And he is humble indeed. He apologizes to wrong wrongdoers, even if he knows better. You know he's he's a politician in, in situations. It's better to defuse situations rather than go in into them angry. And, uh, you know, despite the rationality around him, uh, but he is in strict mode with his students. It's a it's an angrier Wong Fei Hung. There's no softness here. And the intensity when he is strict, the intensity that Ku Feng uh, brings and the intensity of his eyes, that works in terms of being strict. But I can still see the villain peer out of it. And I think um, <laughs> it's a bit uh, it's a bit too hard rather than soft sometimes. And that's a mm. testament to the fact that he's so he is a terrific actor but yeah maybe it's my preconceived notion but but i'm i'm, I'm i have a slight feeling that uh, they they didn't find a full comfort mixing his milder milder self and aggressive self you know because what Wong Fei Hong needs to spring into action in this one as well it's a kung fu movie again it's not uh, it's not tea time with uh, Wong Fei Hong or anything <laughs> which would well, it's a good film quick someone we might later off again uh, get one of you on. He was after an angle. Team with Wong Fei Hong. Come on, that's great. I like it. Like, like a um, in movie chat show, like uh, tea time with uh, Wong Fei Hong. Uh, so um, uh, in, in, and also, I, I do like the setup that they, they bring in the, the notion of the invisible kick, but we didn't hear of that in the Skyhawk. We learned of that through uh, wire-assisted feats in Once Upon a Time in China, which was cool. And here he's uh, forgotten the invisible kick, and he's um, because of a dark uh, event. So he's uh, suffering from a little bit of PTSD, I suppose. Uh, that yeah, yeah. The notion of uh, using that kick as is associated with darkness. And I, I'm fine with that being present in a fairly short movie, um, too. And uh, it still was a bit sad that uh, we, we only got bursts of... Uh, him finding the warmth in the role and then that dropping because now it's not is not coming off the screen as well. In general, I I, I I think I I can accept him almost in a general sense, but boy, it goes up and down and uh, it's uh, it didn't feel um, like a natural fit, and I'm kind of sad that it didn't because um, I so liked the idea of Ku Feng as uh, Wong Fei Hong, and I so liked the idea of a pissed Wong Fei Hong. Really, I really do. But um... so, if we look at it then, and then say, look at Skyhawk and stuff, it would have it would have added to the fact that they had a, a weightier cast behind him. I mean, you've got some big names in 
in Skyhawk and a big villain, you know. Um, but I, I didn't get that with the Shaw Brothers one. There, there wasn't that cast that was supporting him that, you know, you didn't have the Wong in sick. You didn't have, you know, those people there, the Carter yeah, Wongs. He, just, they all seemed a little bit, you know, lackluster to a certain extent. Yeah, contract players and some of the reliable um, yeah, yeah. Uh, vi- uh, villains. I mean, Wang Xie, uh, the Li Qian Dao character, is super reliable and super watchable, but not you, you wouldn't put him on the same sort of level as uh, exactly. as a T Long, David Chang, Chen Quan Tai, yeah. and all of those guys that were your lead. So you're, you're right, Ku Feng is uh, on his own a little bit here, and even the the, the female lead, Chen Ping, who's, who's active in the story, is not continually in the movie though uh, so uh, she, she's approaching uh, uh, supporting role ever so slightly I guess the only performer that's um, that, that, that gets noticed a lot other than Ku Feng is uh, uh, Chen Chan who plays hot under the colour and aggre- who is aggressively ambitious and I, I, I always find him enjoyable because that was a contract player who never backed down from a role uh, if you've seen movies like lost souls later in the 80s it's a vile exploitation movie and he's all in uh, and uh, <laughs> but he you know that face uh chan chan's yeah, face just stuck out you're right and, and he did stick out for me and ambitious and you know and again you know there's that that rival there re- between the schools and stuff and you see it right at the beginning and stuff and the school double gear that goes on but you like to say on one fall and he goes for it so there was a stand there but you know, literally, the supporting cast didn't didn't support Kufeng. Then maybe that that's the problem because, like you say, he can act, he can do it. it just there wasn't enough there. To... And, and he was not always he was not always the lead himself either. I mean, he was the villain, and therefore he would be third or fourth in the movie, albeit yeah. always make a great impression. Whether later in Avenging Eagle, and he's in uh, new new one on Swordsman. You know, he he was always reliable. You know, the, the villain stroking his beard. You know, <laughs> that was always fun, man. Uh, and I mean, it comes down to good. Ex- you you got to put forth good execution lo- using familiar framework, maybe limited framework, and use the good production values available to you to a distinct degree this one looks it's a good looking Shaw Brothers movie more or less you know uh, but then uh, when we, if we before we transition into action when there isn't enough sort of a, a thrust and uh, impact character wise and the performer is struggling to find his footing whether that's material or whether that's direction it's where this movie sort of it starts and it stops it starts and it stops and it, it doesn't get into a flow and a groove for me even though i find it very watchable again it's very very short so uh you you, you survive it easily but uh, it it does take a while to get going but but then if we transition into action which is handled by oh, we spoke of yun Woping, for heaven's sake uh, yun Woping and yun chung yan his brother they are the designated action directors i'm sure they're somewhere in the movie but i didn't uh, uh, spot them as such but uh, uh the design here is more. Am I am am I a fool for saying the design here is more realistic, Phil? No, no, I think you're right. It is more realistic. It's more grounded, definitely. You know, definitely fair on the floor to a certain extent. Um, from that point of view, um, which I enjoy, um, a lot more unless you cracked it right. Um, flying to the air doesn't appeal to me uh, as much. I like it to be grounded, so therefore you, you see that and you get that. Um, and that brings an intensity to the to the fights as well. So from that point of view, yeah, yeah, action, action beats, you know, are good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed parts of it. I think uh, it, it is grounded, but 
um, and it's more punch and block in style, I suppose. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a term you kids use. Uh, and, but I didn't uh, find the um, the design of the action to be impactful when it was using when it was about punching and blocking because it uh, it was it appeared more soft than I wanted. But then when they do the big follow through kicks or punch punches and finishes off uh, uh, opponents uh, quickly and accompanied by loud full effects <laughs> that, 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 that is always um, and, and, and also were fairly well chosen slow motion moments to emphasize all of that that was better and uh, even the tournament fight uh, is uh, decently intense uh, it, it is not it's not extensive uh, as such so I don't have uh, many notes on it but but again we're speaking action and Kufang at the same time I think he works the best when when one he's performing in the action sequences and one where when Wong Fei Hong has uh, been uh, betrayed and uh, he's been uh, tr- uh, framed for a crime he didn't commit and when he's completely shed any notion of uh, absorbing humiliation and just uh, goes uh, goes wild and he's pissed with uh, using the three section staff or whether he's fighting with a spear and those moments but again again it's not part of the uh, the, the entire the movie doesn't have a full like good track record, but those uh, bursts here are powerful enough. I really enjoy that uh, it's not stylized as such. It's uh, quite um, stripped down to the point where people are just punching each other, you know, and uh, boxing with each other almost. You know what I mean? Um, and and that wasn't a bad angle uh, at all. I mean. Uh, Kufeng tearing through henchmen with the three section star for the three section pole, that and uh, also going up against Wang She mid movie. That's really terrific because uh, we had terrific speed and power, and those hits were felt. And uh, that sequence is mid movie though, Phil. But uh, I really liked the combination of all those technical elements and that yeah, yeah. Kufeng as a character played him as mightily angry. You you don't have a consistent sort of level throughout the movie, which is a problem. Uh, and that's the trouble. And, and see, and as good as they were, and they're solid. You know, it's solid action. But because again, I come back to I don't believe him to be Wan Fei Hong. It's just him hitting people rather than Wan Fei Hong setting out and, and this the justice that he deserves and stuff. So again, it's the believableness of it. It's more of a master rather than Master Wong. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I still have a problem with the, you know, the the invisible kick and stuff, which is a good concept and stuff. You know, it's hurt someone back in the day and he's not going to use it now and he's going to refrain from me. Okay, get the concept. You, you right don't get an idea, any idea, unfortunately, what it actually looks like because they portray it in such a realistic fashion. You, you, I, I couldn't spot its signature. Exactly, because it's a, the invis, it's the invisible kick. It's a big thing for one fan. They, they should know this and stuff. It's you know, um, but instead of being this this kick or add some you know kind of uh, special effects to it, it's just and watch it right just for this cool thing. He gets his invisible kick back, kicking down post. I swear to God, if he gets above your ankle. It's a bloody miracle, and this is the problem. You haven't got someone that's good enough to portray a martial artist when he can only kick stumps of wood knee-high, <laughs> I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and that's it. You know, the invisible kick should be to the head, that high. You should have the the skills as a martial artist to portray one Fei Hong 
uh, as a martial artist, and he doesn't. And and, and as soon as he does that, uh, that was it. I gave him as much up to I think in the film, which would probably have been uh, however long it was uh, into the film, it was probably a good hour. But then that sequence come along, and I went, no, that's it. Then you you cannot be one Fayong because I'm afraid, you know, you can kick higher than somebody's kneecap. That, and that's the way I saw it, and that's the way they portrayed it. There was nothing special about it, is what I was getting to. There was no, you know, that invisible kick is something, but it wasn't. They portrayed it as just a kick. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem is if 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 conceptually they went into this to make it very grounded and stand out, I think they might have shot themselves in, in the foot a li- uh, feet a little bit. Yeah. Because some moments might be uh, might need to be bigger and lean towards uh, movie reality or even. You know, uh, even uh, even the fantastical and magical. Who knows? You know, I I, I appreciate, but maybe may, maybe if they would have kept the invisible kick completely out of it and just focused on Wong Fei Hong just punching people, uh, yes. then <laughs> m- maybe it would have been good. Because I really like the ending sequence where, when it goes into uh, the Red Island at this point, uh, and uh, Wong Fei Hong just punches, I think Wang Xie or maybe the uh, the glossy uh, businessman and he lands in the water and just jumps into water into the water with him just continues to punch him and punch him and that <laughs> primal revenge is echoed but it's not stylized and the invisible kick as a concept we used to it being stylized and you yeah. used it being distinct so it's a very good point that uh, you would hope that after he finds it there in the rain that again he he finds it again and uh, that, that that it's going to be more you're going to definitely notice it but they use it through uh, red filters and uh, cutbacks to that demo sequence and into the final fight and you're not really sure of okay so that apparently was the invisible kick right okay um i i i still don't really know uh, what it was uh, it was invisible granted but uh, it's um, you're, you're right it's a very good point that they they, uh, they they couldn't find a suitable depiction for it I suppose and maybe they should have kept it um, kept it out of it but uh, yeah exactly you know, if you're going to go with it run with it and then use you know, it hindsight. if not don't exactly yeah, don't bother because all you're doing you're just, you're just showing that obviously uh, Ku Feng can't, cannot hold it as a as a, a martial artist you know you could, there's plenty of actors out there you know what we've talked about that you know, they make them look like they, they're martial artists and stuff, and they look great and stuff. Unfortunately, you throw something like that, and it, it, it just differs from it because there are some decent fights in there, like, say, some grounded fights, and, you know, when he's punching, etc., and stuff, it's great. It's just, you know, and he's got the acting chops. It just didn't hang together for me uh, as I'd like as a movie. And, and it's nice, like you say, the the final action sequence again and stuff, you know, you got the ship and, you know, fighting in the water and it's great. And it, you got all that. But by, by that time, you know, you haven't got enough belief in that, in, in the character to, to almost care anyway, apart from go, yeah, okay. It was, it was decent. To, to look at this as a basher, but also as a yeah. Wong Fei Hong movie, those two ideas seem distant. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. because I, I, I love a good basher, man. Uh, non-stylized, just uh, gritty, dirty fighting. Uh, not that way, uh, yeah. but uh, that's good for the early seventies. But uh, yeah, it's um, very watchable. Uh, admittedly, for for no other reason than it was late. Late, uh, I broke this up into two viewings, and uh, uh, so I uh, I felt the second half was a little bit better, maybe because uh, some action beats uh, where Wong Fei Hong really goes to town on on henchmen. Uh, was very watchable but uh, i i always knew that 
there, there, there is a problem with the depiction here. He's not finding his uh, footing, and uh, maybe that's why Shaw Roberts uh, didn't um, go with the coup thing again. And uh, I haven't examined, but I don't know how much, how many Wong Fei Hong movies they did prior to Gordon Liu taking on the character in Challenge of the Masters and Marshall Club. If uh, Shaw Brothers were continually trying to break the character within the confines of their stu- of their studio, if uh, if this was a very rare experiment, uh, I certainly remember good things about Gordon Liu as uh, Wong Fei Hong because I like those two movies, uh, Challenge of the Masters and Marshall Club. Uh, young looking uh, Wong Fei Hong in that uh, Wong Fei Hong in that one, um, and Challenge of the Masters is his uh, first. Uh, encounter with martial arts literally so it's uh, an origin story of sorts so. but a uh, very good second movie from uh, Lao Galong uh, uh, some good touches in there I, I I do think one of the lesser sequences of the movie this is my final note is a very poor attempt at uh, at comedy after Chenping's character has freed the two students they take refuge in her home and she looks after them and then one of the students is actually Hoi Su Hong a very familiar face if you've seen many Johnny Toe movies uh, he sees uh, from behind the screen that Chen Ping and his fellow students it looks like they're having sexy time and hugging and kissing but what she's doing is treating him and he's uh, backing away and then holding his arm a certain way that looks like he's hugging her and that sort of innuendo was just lame and the movie had not occupied and and uh, focused on that comedy at all so i thought like holy hell cut these few minutes out man it doesn't it's not funny and it's uh it's not really you know the female role was good enough as up to that point because she was proactive and she was trying to stand by master wong fei hong but to um to sort of cheapen it this way it was just lame to be honest so uh that was a really really weak part of the movie no my uh my my outstanding scene for uh what the what the bloody hell was that shall we call it was the obviously <laughs> the medicine meddling scene so coming back to obviously we talked about skyhawk earlier and stuff and the obvious one with the petrocam well they, they they trumped it with this one to be fair and stuff i believe um, uh, putting the obviously poison in the medicine because they're, they're going to poison someone, and that's his way. Wong Fei Hong gets uh, gets in trouble, kind of so to speak. Um, was literally right in front of them while they were fighting. He's literally putting the <laughs> foul plays occurring right in front, right in front of them. Now the Skyhawk on the the gambling, you can see they're focused on the gambling, and he's gone behind them. Still ridiculous, but this one is literally right in front of them. But he's tampering with it. Uh, to get the, the poison in the medicine. And I'm going, really? Come on. I've all the, oh my God, that is so obvious. Um, yeah, that, that was my um, scene and stuff. It was there for a purpose there. It had to be the scene, but my God. It was like, that's a little bit obvious, isn't it, fellas? We don't have time to rewrite, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that brought an unintentional chuckle um, rather than, um, but uh, just to leave on a, on a high note to a certain extent or somewhat, I did enjoy the three-section um, staff fights and stuff, um, especially um, as a kid watching Kung Fu movies. Anything with a nunchuck or three-section staff was like gold dust to watch because they'd always cut it out. The uh, British board of uh, the film would would cut it. They, they didn't even like stops. Uh, no, no, yeah. I know, but nunchucks always went. Yeah, uh, nunchucks out, you know, um, throwing stars, all that. So anything like that, you know, 
it was like it's a it's a joy to watch. It's like because it was like oh the forbidden. You're not allowed to watch that. So and I enjoyed those scenes as well. And he handled that really well. I have to say, Kufeng and and the action um, from that point of view. So those were the scenes that you know I I kind of enjoyed. Well, I have uh, no other notes, so let's uh, do some uh, availability. The original Hong Kong DVD is not in circulation anymore, but uh, there are some digital options available. In the UK, it's available to... Uh, if, uh, sorry, in the US, it's available to stream on Amazon Prime Video if you have a Prime men- membership. English dubbed only, though. A digital HD purchase on iTunes for both UK and US exists, and uh, there the movie is being offered in Mandarin and English dubbed in the same purchase uh, and subtitle, of course. Uh, it was uh, internationally known uh, as Death Kick, by the way, uh, because um, I was wondering if it had a different title, considering the Master of Kung Fu seems marketable, you know, uh, but they they, uh, they retitled it Death Kick, which is, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it, 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 it's not poetry, necessarily. <laughs> He's gonna come at you in this movie, Ku Feng has the Death Kick. The Death Kick. For, for generations, <laughs> people have practiced. But now comes someone who's actually lost it, so he's got to find it again. But afterwards, <laughs> he has the death kick again. We've told you a whole movie, kind of, in the trailer voice. Damn it. Well, too late now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's also German Blu-ray, by the way, out there. And judging by specs, it has English subtitles, but uh, it didn't seem like it had the English dub, if uh, if you're after that. So, But uh, uh, the digital uh, options are good looking and all of that. Uh, that's how what I bought. I only had a, a copy of the DVD and... Um, then I bought the digital HD because uh, it was there two clicks away, so it was good. And uh, I might watch it, rewatch it with, with an English dub and have it on sort of in the background just to hear what the English dub sounded like. At any rate, uh, we, uh, as we said, we, we don't know how exactly the, the frequency of this series is going to be, but we have some great, great, great suggestions from Jay Lee in terms of what to do in, in this versus series. But a great first suggestion we very much enjoyed tackling these two movies with a somewhat different angle but still producing uh, an episode that uh, we're familiar with um, doing so i hope you enjoyed this um, angle to it all that meant we can look at movies we might not have picked otherwise in this case with skyhawk and the master of kung fu so uh, i gotta extend my thanks again to jay and uh, thanks to phil for being on board with the enthusiasm despite being you know, I know it tears on you, on your soul, to be negative, but uh, you were honest, damn it, and uh, that, that you didn't like one of the movies. So Exactly. So I, I'm just going to finish it and say this. In the fight between the Skyhawk and the Master of Kung Fu, Skyhawk wins. I'd say so. I like the prospect of that a little bit better. But um, Ku Feng walks away um, friendly and puts his hands together and greets uh, the other Wong Fei Hong, and they... They part ways in a respectful manner. So everybody are friends at the end, right? <laughs> but Skyhawk wins. Yeah, it, it's okay. Dun, dun, as long dun, as everybody's dun. friends. Friends at the end. <laughs> Where are you in life without friends? Even though you're both Wong Fei Hong. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's um, let's uh, uh, let's uh, go into a script writing uh, think tank and create our own uh, Wong Fei Hong movie. Uh, no, that uh, incorporates tea time with uh, Wong Fei Hong as well. Tea time with Wong Fei Hong. <laughs> tea and biscuits with Wong Fei Hong. Tea and cake with Wong Fei. Oh, there's a there's a winning theme. 
And uh, he would look good sitting there in his uh, traditional attire and uh, serving, yeah. serving tea. Hello, listeners, or hello, viewers. I'm Wong Fei Hong. <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to interview. <laughs> and, no, I don't know. It's it's a fun it's a fun image and 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 uh, words. But in the meantime, uh, for all your podcast on fire network needs, including the back catalog of podcast on fire, go to podcastonfire.com. All relevant show links, uh, trailers, and uh, links to reviews by Phil and whatnot will be available in the show post. So I'm going to keep it short uh, and uh, throw over to Phil for some final uh, website plugging and uh, whatever whatever else you want to say. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Eastern Film Fans, uh, www.easternfilmfans.co.uk. Also available on Twitter and Instagram. Come and say hi. Look out for, for the site and um, enjoy um, our Versus series. If we get to do some more, show, give us a holler. Um, give us some suggestions, maybe. And, um, yeah, we'll see what we can we can do for you. And a big shout-out to, obviously, Jay for... The suggestions, it is a mighty suggestion. And look, look, Jay, we've done it. We did it. Excellent. Uh, thank you indeed. And uh, thank you, Phil. And uh, I've been going to be here with me was Phil G of Eastern Film Fans. So say your goodbyes and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.